Hey folks, this is the guy, Chad, and you are listening to a DogCast Studio podcast. Catch the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday, DogCast every Friday, and ScareCast every Monday. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and we are now on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. Follow our shows on Facebook and Twitter. Stay heel, baby. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. Tonight is a night to be had. It's a night for the books. It's a night for the records. The guy, Chad. It's a night for C-Hat, too. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I had to put a bunch of hype on my opening there because that's how my wrestling week has went this week. I'm going to get right into it. This week has been a little crazy. It's like... I feel like this is just in the past a long week. I'm usually really excited to get on the mic and talk about AEW Dynamite. And I was, I'm just let down. This was 30 years of Jericho, and I, th- I think they kind of shit the bed on this. Yeah, I'm drinking a Blue Moon Lights guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. We're so we're so systematic here. Just like, oh yeah, well, I'm sipping on, and I'm here, I'm here hitting on all sides. You you dove right thing. in. You were like, you know what? I've never been in the deep end before, but fucking, I'm jumping in. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. I just, I did you have the same feeling with Dynamite this week? I I kind of feel where you're coming from because normally we we can take our time getting into it because we're always like, okay, it was a great week of Dynamite, it's a great week of wrestling. We can just methodically get there. But I think we both got yeah. on the mic tonight. And I think we said this to each other, like, wasn't Dynamite boring? Mm-hmm. And Dynamite, in the year long that it's been on, I don't ever think I could actually sit there and say it was ever boring. There were there were COVID episodes that were rough when, like, COVID was, like, they were deep in COVID, trying to figure out how they were going to sure. get the crowd noise and get, you know, more interaction in the ring. And Moxley wasn't showing up and all this shit. And Pac had to go back overseas. But... Once they kind of figured out their stride with COVID, I, I can't really think of a time where it was boring like this week. Dude, it was rough, man. I just, and I'm super pumped that uh, the big dog is not on the show tonight so he could simply look at both of us and say, I told you so. Oh, yeah. he's Because that's all I could think, too. That's all I could think is he, our episode, he totally takes a shit on AEW, and we're sitting here trying to defend it. And then he's totally right. Like, every, I feel like everything that could have went wrong went wrong, other than. I don't know. What, what went right? FTR. FTR. They went, Yeah, FTR. That was a great match. Only thing that went right. I think I'm just so I'm so used to two hours of being engaged in AEW, uh, where this you know we hit a week and this happens, folks. This happens in wrestling. You got a show that's that's performing 52 episodes a week a year. Um, it's going to happen. You're, not everyone's going to be you know not every one of them is going to be a home run. I do feel like they're leading into um, November really well with full gear. Uh, I just this week just didn't do it for me. Was it I, was it because the Jericho thing? They just maybe they didn't know what to do with it. That was legitness. Yeah, it was. Huh? I just they didn't they just missed the boat, right? They just missed the boat with Jericho. The fact that they had him in the main event with Luther and they you know Jr. God bless him tried his hardest to make the connections there and and make us all feel like that you know Jericho somehow has had this illustrious career going against Luther in his entire career. And I, I've never fucking seen it. 
maybe it happened in Japan once or twice, but that 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 lost me. I wasn't engaged because I didn't <clears throat> I didn't feel the the build up like they didn't really do a whole lot between Jericho and Luther. There was there were times during the past weeks where you kind of seen Luther st- sitting outside the ring. There was always eye contact between him and Jericho, but there was no right mm-hmm. build up because everything was about him and Cassidy. Then it turned into him being a tag team with uh, uh, Cassidy's older brother, uh, Jake Hager. Well, the the commentary even said that, even implied that Jericho, if he could pick one person to have this celebratory 30-year anniversary match with, it would be Luther. That's where you totally lost me. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan in the world, but I'm pretty big. I've never really heard of Luther. So that just kind of lost me. Anybody else in that ring. I think Luther just happened to be one of the first guys he wrestled when he started. But it was kind of funny at the end. They kind of did like a Saturday Night Live-esque type ending where everything on the screen mm-hmm. said, you know, director Chris Jericho, writer Chris Jericho, musical guest Chris Jericho. Like everything just said Jericho at the end. I thought that was kind of funny. That was funny. cool. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but listen, not to get away from Jericho, we both said FTR stole the night, right? They and, did. And yeah, wrestling-wise, they did. For Leisure sure. Report gave that a B and then gave the dog collar match an A. And I'm wondering who the fuck at Bleacher Report is smoking crack. Because that dog collar match, mm. as brutal as it was, was not the match of that fucking night, man. That FTR match. Those FTR literally got in the ring with a couple dark match guys. Hybrid 2. Made those yeah. two look like a couple of badasses in the ring. Put those dudes over to the moon. Retain the belts. And you still fucking... Like, there was points in the match where I was like, I really hope... Hybrid wins this, and they look like they could. FTR made them look like they could win those belts. About five minutes into the match, I had a feeling, and you may have had the same thought. Didn't it seem like about after five minutes, FTR slowed those guys down? Because the, the first the first five minutes, they were jumping all over and doing all their flip do lose and all this spot fest bullshit. They were doing all that, and then it felt like it just stopped. So I, I wonder if there was a little bit of that, hey, slow it down, guys. Let's tell a story here. Like, slow the hell down. You don't need to do all this shit. Not to mention, they weren't even they weren't even pulling it off. Like, it was it was Botch Fest City with all the uh, the flips they were trying to do. And it's not believable. But, yeah, after about five minutes of that match, when things started slowing down and FDR was able to be the heels they are and tell the story, yeah, it was a good match. It was I was really into it. And it did. It absolutely put those guys over. Now I could see them on the roster up against um, – Maybe not FDR all the time, but you know, a private party, something like that. It was it was solid. Those uh, Evans and Angelico from the Hybrid Two, solid guys. Uh, I actually kind of mm-hmm. miss watching them because the Hybrid Two was on. They had a lot of TV time last year, but then when <laughs> I feel like when Dynamite they were just in started Denver when I was recruiting there, tag sure. team after tag team after tag team, Hybrid kind of got demoted to Dark. And I don't even know if you want to call yeah. Dark a demotion, but they just weren't getting the you know TNT. But TV it is time. you're not on the. Yeah, it is because that's what you want to do. I mean, TNT Dynamite is 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 the the real estate you want to be on. That's why they have a title named after the program they're on. Um, WWE doesn't have a USA belt, so that's true. Well, well they know, do. They, it's safe to say they have a big uh, big. Well, yeah, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. But not the channel, just the the actual. Yeah, yeah. American. It's American belt, buddy. 
American belt, not the US and network, stupid. <laughs> you know, and, and not to take anything away from Brody Lee, who week after week was making me a believer in him. Isn't it funny? Like the two mm-hmm. WWE, or the three, I should say, FTR, who I was against going to AEW, uh, Luke, Luke's, or whatever his name was in WWE. See, I've already forgotten his name. Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Being yeah. Brody Lee. Each week he had the belt, yeah. I was more convinced of this guy. Being that that brute heel, beat your ass, knock you down, being an enforcer type leader for the for the Dark Order, I was getting convinced and I was loving it. And I was watching all their online promos on YouTube. They were hilarious. I don't know if you watched any of the Dark Order promos on YouTube, but they're fucking hilarious. You had suggested a couple of them to me, and yeah, I did. They're watch hilarious. Them. I, Those guys are funny. Yeah. And then Cody's like, "All right, I'm back from filming my show. Can I have my belt back, please?" That's mm-hmm. what that shit felt like to me. Like, okay, uh, thanks for holding on to this, but I, I need that back now. Thank you. But I feel like Brody Lee was a placeholder. I, I, I mean, I get that. I get. I can see how you were getting engaged, but I never felt like this is the long term thing. I always felt like, okay, let's go back a few weeks when they debuted the commercial that Cody Lee or Cody, Cody Lee. Fuck, that was that was Cody Lee. That. That Cody Rhodes... Cody Lee has the U.S. belt. USA belt. (laughs) The USA network belt. USA network. He said he's going to be on this reality TV show, right? So, And and then... Oh, okay. That makes sense why he dropped the belt. So, I don't know. Maybe I was just... You know, my mind was pre-geared, I guess, that 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 was what was going to happen. I like that Cody has the belt again. Um, I think he was much a much better performer when it comes to that uh, open challenge. And that's how that belt should be used. I, I didn't like how Brody Lee was using it. I was engaged because I was hoping it was Orange Cassidy and him at a pay-per-view that they were going to go at it. Cassidy being the underdog gets the belt <clears throat> and then maybe work a storyline in with, a, a you know, Cody getting back in there. But somebody had said online, I was reading the what they were saying, like this was a lose-lose unless they both – Unless that match between Cody and Orange Cassidy ends in a DQ, which would be the second ever mm-hmm. on Dynamite. And I'm thinking, yes. well, maybe, but if Orange Cassidy loses after having that bout with with Jericho, does that make does that take something away from Cassidy? I don't know. I don't feel like it does. I don't think it but does. But Cody can't no. lose after just having come back and got the belt. It doesn't make sense. You don't give it right back to Cody, who's going to be the workers' champion, just for him to drop the belt again. No. Though Cassidy would be a hell of a workers' champion, he would put on a show week after week with that belt. Well, I, I think I, I think that the championships are on the right people right now because I don't think anybody more than John Moxley gets the biggest pop. I, I think he gets the biggest pop when his music hits, um, so he should be the a, the AEW Heavyweight Champion. And I think the best worker in AEW right now is Cody Rhodes. Uh, it's not to say that we don't have some really, really good workers, but I think he's the best. I think what he pulls off uh, day in and or week in, week out, especially with his diversity. You see a technical ground and pound match one week, and then next week you have a dog collar match. And and I know off air you were talking about you weren't really big on the dog collar match, but it shows his range. It shows what he can really do. So he should have that belt in my mind. Dude always likes um, getting busted. And I don't, now. I don't know who should take the belt. Uh, you know what I'd really like to see? Because I, I think, and you had mentioned this last week, and, and as my mind was going with it, I'd like to see this this play out with Sammy Guevara where he gets um, he gets this, like this revengeful side on the inner circle because he's kicked out, right? right? 
and goes after Cody. I'd like to see I'd like <clears> to see a nice run between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes for that TNT title. Let's, that would be believable to me. Let's take a moment here and hypothetically say how that's going to happen. Do we see MJF moving in and kicking out Sammy? Because Sammy was the only one that didn't get the jacket. Yeah, I think MJF is going to take over the inner circle. I do too. And I think either he's mm-hmm. kicking out a couple guys, whether it be Jericho, Sammy, Hager, whatever. Something's going on there. He's, he said it in his promo. It seems like we are now in the the the, the era of having a faction. So I'm going to go get a faction of my own. And that's what he's yeah. doing. He's moving in on the inner circle. He said it in his own promo. So I guess we have to see that coming. Um, I, I like what you're saying here. I feel like if Sammy got kicked out, he would be the next guy for that belt, you know, the uh, the TNT championship. I think that would be great. I think it's time for Sammy to have a nice solo run. Um, you know, one thing AEW is certainly guilty of, it's the factions. Uh, we don't need any more. I'd like to see them trim it away a little bit. I, I'm Call me old-fashioned, but I prefer a, a good singles match with a good uh, axe to grind any day of the week over two factions going at it. I think it makes it a little more believable. But uh, they're going to have to work out those kinks for sure. Sammy Guevara leaving the inner circle has definitely got nothing but upside to it. And I think him and Cody Rhodes could have a great set to where, you know, it could get it could get bloody too. It could, they could have a real personal thing going back there. But, you know, you know something that, that kind of popped in my head, when are we going to see Cody go for the AEW title? Now, I know if, for, for you fans that are going to sit back, oh, my God, Leland, don't you remember? I know, I know. He lost the match. He's not against MJF. He's not supposed to blah, 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 blah. This is wrestling, folks. You know, this isn't some big update, but that shit's going to go away eventually. Cody's going to get a shot at that real AEW heavyweight championship, uh, and he'll probably wear it at some point. But when is that going to happen? Is it, Are we still a year away from that, you think? Um, I think what's going to happen there is that MJF eventually gets the belt. And this is like a redemption, like, okay. That's what I'm saying. Cody's going to yes. come back and beat him to get the belt because that's the only thing that anybody's going to be invested in watching. To put some emotion behind that match, that's what you would have to have is MJF is the current title holder and, he, and, he's, and he's an asshole about it too. Like he barely gives anybody chances to even compete against that belt and he's going to give mm-hmm. Cody, big daddy, an opportunity. Well, let's take it a step further. He doesn't even – he fights Tony Khan – because Tony, Tony, Cody is going to Tony Khan saying, I know, I know I lost that match years ago or whatever it was, however long ago it was. I know I lost that match and I know I gave up that right, but you got to reinstate me. You got to give me a chance. Sends him through this gauntlet of guys, this Royal Rumble, if you will, where he has to earn his right. He earns that right. MJF does everything dastardly he can to make sure that Cody doesn't do it. And then Cody still prevails to get his title shot and then ultimately wins his first title shot against MJF. That's a story that I think they could stretch for six months. Yeah, easy. And I would be engaged every week watching it. And that's that's really what I want to see because as much as I knew when when Cody lost that match to MJF, I knew it was bullshit. You know, it's not like he's never going to get a shot. Uh, against Jericho? But I thought, man, this is a good – I'm sorry, Jericho, yeah – but this is a good chance to, man, put this on the back burner and really let this thing have some legs. And I hope they do that. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see them have a culmination of that maybe around WrestleMania time. But um, yeah, I don't know. Wishful thinking, right? I feel like that's going to draw. It's going to draw. Has to. Absolutely. Cody and MJF. No way draws. it won't draw. 
Moxley, Moxley and MJF draw. Cody MJF is going to draw. Pretty much any big baby face against MJF is going to draw. Orange Cassidy could no draw doubt with MJF. No doubt. MJF's the greatest heel in the business. I've said it 100,000 times on this show, and I'll continue to say it. I'll tell you what's not drawing for me is the SmackDown Raw draft. Mm. Do we still need this freaking draft? Are we still playing <clears throat> this game where this means something? Does does Stephanie McMahon still have to walk out in her fucking jean, <laughs> like fucking jean dress, whatever the hell she was wearing, and like announce this shit like we're so? Su- oh my god, dude! Am I supposed to be engaged in this? Am I supposed to give a shit? Because look, look at what happened. Look at the results, and I'm not going to bore anybody. I'm not going to go down the results here. We still have Monday night to figure out all the results. Um, but look at what we have so far. Nothing has changed other than the. The New Day is now broken up officially, which, okay, makes sense to me. SmackDown, Big E, and, and Sheamus had their uh, their street fight, which in no doubt was the answer, was their callback, was their answer to AEW's street fight uh, uh, with the uh, the best friends and what is it, San, Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz. No doubt that that, yeah, no doubt that that was their callback. And they pulled it off. I thought it was a great match. I'm, I, I, I actually thought it was better than AEW Street Fight. Uh, so you pull something off like that. I told you in the beginning, uh, before we even got on air, I probably should have saw that coming, that that was going to break them up. Uh, but they are. They're officially broke up now. But once again, WWE can't do anything without leaving more questions and answers. So now we're defending the SmackDown Tag Champs on Raw. This has happened so, before. I thought the the tag team that moved had to drop the belt. Uh, the commentary certainly didn't frame it that way. And in fact, they they announced before the show even ended that this coming Friday is the New Day farewell match where the current SmackDown tag champs will take their belts onto Raw. So uh, I don't know what they're doing with this. And they it's unneeded. Why do you need to create these questions? The draft is stupid. When are they going to get this? The draft is stupid and is... I, I, I don't think it's been been relevant since 2008, 9, 10, maybe. I mean, when was the last time you gave a shit about the draft? I haven't in years. In years. And, and mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Have we not seen this before where a tag team had to move from one brand to another? I thought in the past, if this yeah. happened, they dropped the belt. Didn't this happen to t- champions? Like, <laughs> No, you're absolutely right, Chad, but it's, that's not the case. The case is they're already, they're already saying that they're going to have to defend those belts on Raw. Now, whether that happens or not, I don't know. Uh, we could, they could change everything in hell in a cell, and something switches around. Let me I, ask don't, you this. I don't know. How important is any of this shit? How important is it even to say that the new day is broken up? The Big E stays on SmackDown while the new day, the rest of the other new days on Raw. Because wasn't Sasha and Bailey both on two different brands? Practically get they were together yeah. every week. What what difference does this shit make anymore? Who gives a fuck who's on SmackDown? Who gives fuck who's on Raw anymore? Do you give a shit who's on which show? If Roman Reigns showed up on Raw, we could give two shits. Yep. With that fucking universal title going up against, you know, uh, Kevin Owens. I could give two shits. Like, I would be happy to see Kevin Owens in that match. Actually, that sounds like a good match. But what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Actually, I got to stop my rant because that sounds amazing. It doesn't matter what show they do it on, though. SmackDown with Kevin Owens. Raw with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. doesn't matter to me. You know, what I, what I didn't see was any NXT guys, because you know who I've been really wanting to see back on small SmackDown or Raw is fucking Finn Balor. 
And I want to see him back yeah. on one of those two shows. Great takeover at 30, TakeOver 31. Great match. And I want to see him going up against The Fiend as the demon. I want that fucking match. Where is that match? WWE, where the, is that, that match? That was the match we should have had when The Fiend debuted. Exactly. Where is it? Why are we not getting it? Why are we prolonging what should be happening? You know, we got WrestleMania coming around the corner. We should be seeing The Fiend versus The Demon King. Period. That's just me. You know what would be kind of cool is if you brought The the Demon. Because since he's went to NXT, that's a good point, Chad. We haven't seen The Demon. It's only been Finn Balor, The Prince. He's never been The Demon. You bring him back on SmackDown, and he goes after he goes after The Fiend and uh, now Alexa Bliss. They, they got this nice little Joker, Harley Quinn thing going on. You go after that... And uh, maybe he grabs a demonic female to help him. I don't know. Maybe that was a chick's name that was with Alexa Bliss. The English girl. Nikki Cross? Nikki Cross, yeah. What if he brings her back? It actually makes a whole lot of and sense you, because Nikki Cross is... That could be kind of fun, right? Nikki Cross and I think him are both the same mm-hmm. nationality, right? Aren't they both from the same... Country? She's from like Great Britain. She's from England. He's from Ireland. Okay, so, so I wasn't even close. That that is so fucking horrible of me. You're pretty close. But anyways, You're pretty close. It, it would make sense, right? Those are very similar type characters. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. I I only brought this up just because I was thinking about this the other day. I was actually sitting on my couch, just kind of thinking about what match would I really like to see at WrestleMania, inside the Thunderdome. What would really draw me? And I was thinking about it, and then I thought, you know what? I really want to see the Fiend. And Finn Balor, finally. And I want to see Finn Balor get over on that match, finally. Because he got his ass beat by The Fiend in a squash match on a pay-per-view for SummerSlam. I want to see Finn come out as the demon, work over The Fiend. The Fiend can't change the demon. You know how they say everybody that gets in the ring with The Fiend, like, it changes him? Yeah. You can't do anything to the demon. He's already a fucking demon. Like, what are you going to do? Can't change him. No, I... Hundred... 20% 20% agree that WWE is missing the boat when it comes to this creative. Instead, you know, I don't want to say instead. That sounds bad. That sounds that sounds negative. Two takeaways I had from SmackDown. I'm actually really engaged in this Jey Uso Roman Reigns thing in Hell in the Cell. And the way they're going to get a jaded wrestling fan like we are, let's face it, the way they're going to get us to really be entertained in Hell in a Cell this thing has got to be blood, guts, and gore. Somebody needs to get taught, thrown off the top. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they've, they've created such a family blood feud here that Jey Uso can't even be smiling anymore. And I love that, by the way. I love that that uh, Roman Reigns promo where he didn't raise his voice once. He didn't get crazy. He just sat in his office and spoke to him as if, how dare you have talked to me like this? I've done nothing but try to help you. You brought that up on the show last week, that this angle where he's, he's I've tried to do everything for you, and now I'm going to have to kick your fucking ass. I love it. I But that's what it's got to happen. It can't be a normal match. It can't be what we saw last year in Hell in the Cell, where the Fiend, you know, they had that that uh, all of a sudden referee that, that was concerned about the Fiend, the fucking demon's well-being, and calls the match. No, no, you can't have any of that. You can't do that. We need to see blood, guts, and gore. And if the match is called, it's because everybody in the back has cleared the locker rooms and somebody's coming out on a stretcher. We need to see that kind of hell in the cell. If not, what are we doing? Let's bring the fucking blue cages back because that's all we're doing as a cage match. Our one-year anniversary show is coming up. We talked about yep. this last year. We said that was the most horrible booking decision WWE's ever made. Coming out with this 
those two in a Hell in a Cell match for a title belt. Like, it just didn't make any sense. Yep. That was just stupid, right? So, yes, and the they have to lights. make up for oh. that match. And anything is better than the, the ongoing feud between Rey Mysterio and Dominic with fucking Seth Rollins. Yeah. Because I am done with it. That I feel like that's ran its course, and WWE just can't let it go. So that that Roman Reign Jey Uso is actually a breath of fresh air compared to some of these feuds that they've got going on right now. Because I I there's really nothing else for me. I mean, maybe Big E with uh, um, what's his face there, the the Irish guy, um, which they're gonna have him. He's gonna be Sheamus. Sheamus and Cesaro getting remat or reunited next week, which is kind of cool. I was a big yeah, fan of Seamus and Cesaro. The bar. Really like that tag team. Yeah. I, I hated that they broke those two up. But other than that, there's really nothing out there for me that I'm really like overly hyped about on WWE. There's no there's no feuds that are really engaging me. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about what do you think about the feuds that WWE currently has on there at SmackDown? I know we don't really get into Raw. I can't really tell you too many, but what's your feelings on the feuds? Okay, so I think it starts and stops with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Um, I, I like the... I actually thought The Fiend, it was only about an eight-minute match, but I actually liked The Fiend, Kevin Owens. I thought it was a good good sound match. I enjoyed watching it. I think it ended just the way it should. The fact that uh, The Fiend no-sells like like nobody's business, and that, that's good for the character. That character can do that. Um but I think it really stops with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso because that's what's attractive. And I, and I know we're kind of beyond those days with WWE at least. We're not paying for pay-per-views anymore, right? I mean, we have the subscription and that's how we get it. But if we were in those days where you still were paying for pay-per-views, this would be the one I'd have to buy. And it's only because of Roman Reigns and Jey Uso because I want to see what's going to happen there. Anything else, I don't know if I'm entertained. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the wrong way to put it. I am entertained. But I'm not engaged. That one, I have to see what's going to happen. The other thing is like, oh, that was a nice little fun Friday night. And in fact, I even said, I even said SmackDown was my favorite show of this week, which is crazy. Uh, and I haven't said that in a while. You say that in a long time. No, it, it, SmackDown, SmackDown was my favorite show. I thought, I thought the AEW truly missed the mark in a lot of areas, and that's fine. Week to week, we'll see what happens. But if you're asking me what's got me engaged, it's Roman. I'm Reigns. just ready for the cleaner to show up. That's really what I'm. That's why mm-hmm. I tune into AEW at this point. They keep teasing it, man. I'm ready for the cleaner, and and they and they do it every week. They tease it, and you still have the old AEW version of Omega, and they keep teasing like this mm-hmm. cleaner is going to just show up, and, and it hasn't happened. But he did tease who he was going to be the cleaner against, where he was going to debut it. It was going to be against Hangman Page. So I'm looking forward yes. to that. But before, which is what we all want to say, before we close up the show here, there's one WWE faction that I'm actually kind of getting into a little bit, and I don't watch a lot of Raw. So for the people that are still listening to the Turnbuckle, I got to tell you, I, I don't really, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I, but I'll follow them on YouTube once in a while just to see what they're up to. I'm really liking just the Hurt up, business yeah. right now. Did, wasn't over on them in the beginning. Wasn't really sure about them in the beginning because I thought it was just going to be another failed attempt to get a bunch of guys together to try to help build their credibility a little bit. But the Hurt Business works both ways, man. They can be heel, babyface. They can go, you know, they're, these guys These guys are an old school faction, like back when uh, the Nation mm-hmm. of Domination. And, and I know that's what they've been referenced as, and a lot of people felt like that's who they were. But that's exactly they're, what they're it is, and that's that exactly way, yeah. what's working for them. And, and it's actually making Bobby Lashley seem legitimate again. Because since Bobby Lashley came back to WWE. And he looks cut up, bro. He, he hasn't been, they haven't figured him out. They don't know what to do with his, with his character. 
You know, they had him with, uh, they had him with with Lana, huge mistake. Um, you know, they had him on a singles run as a face, wasn't working. They had him against Braun Strowman, wasn't working. This this is actually working. I feel like the Hurt Business is actually working for him, and it's it's a mid Carter faction, but it's working, and I like it. Well, so was the Nation of Domination, but they got over. And the point of any good faction is that you have you have somebody get over to the point where they can move on to a singles run. Maybe this is finally that push that uh, Bobby Lashley has been looking for, and we've all really been looking for, right? I mean, I've loved Bobby Lashley since he debuted, and it just his creative has been kind of shitty. Yeah, I, I was not in love with Bobby Lashley recently, and and this this has given me some renewed faith in his character, and I, I love what they're doing with Cedric Alexander. Um, Shelton Benjamin, who I, in my opinion, hasn't really been relevant in a long time is actually starting to look relevant again. You know, if ever, it, this has really been, this has been, this is exactly what these gentlemen needed, you know, like, you know, MVP yeah. getting in there and running the show with these guys as a veteran wrestler, you know, a veteran guy helping these dudes, you know, put themselves like, this is just working for them right now. And I hope it, it blows my mind every time I think about Shelton Benjamin, because this guy came out of OVW with John Cena. Right. That's crazy. John Cena and Batista. Those guys hit the peak of their career, what, 10 years ago? Long time ago. This guy's never found it. And he, and he, he might no. maybe kind of maybe find it here, maybe. And I've heard JR on his podcast say 100 times, Shelton Benjamin was the most athletic to come out of that group, out of that class. He just didn't have the charisma. That's crazy. Where, like, Cena yeah, did. Maybe not. Cena could get on a mic and blow. Cena has... You're right. Cena could get on a mic and blow. <laughs> <laughs> between between The Rock and Cena, man, those guys were like, if you want to take a class on how to be good on the mic, you watch Cena or The Rock. Those guys had charisma out the ass. And that's mm-hmm. that's how John For Cena sure. got over, man. He was just charisma top to bottom. Couldn't wrestle worth a shit, but dude could blow up on a mic, man. Man, oh, that's absolutely right. Just like The Rock, whether he's heel or babyface, we love him. You do you, baby. Dogcast Production.